most school reform doesn't work or scale because, quite honestly, most school reform is absolute garbage. Think about it. My lived experience working in Chicago, I'm not going to name the, the, the specific schools' names, but there were charter schools, and I'm not bashing charter. This is just an example. There were charter schools in, in Chicago who boasted these incredible graduation and college acceptance rates. But when you dug into the data, you found something out that was a bit interesting. They only presented the results for the kids that finished the school year, right, as seniors. And if you put into that, that percentage the students who started with them as freshmen and were either kicked out or dropped out or transferred schools because the setting didn't work for them, well, now those impressive results are just a little bit less impressive. Now, here's the thing. I am not against school reform. I am for it. School does need to change. It can't be the same model forever and ever. You know, you, you, you've heard of the Einstein quote, right? Like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So we need school reform. We need to innovate. We need to get creative. That's why I'm so excited to bring you today's episode. My guest is Stan Littow. He's a very accomplished individual, an amazing ruckus maker on so many levels. But what he brings that is valuable today in the show is a model of school reform that is called P-Tech that is reproducible. It already has scaled to 266 campuses worldwide and is continuing to grow. And it's something we should all consider. He's got a new book called Breaking Barriers Out, linked up for you in the show notes. And this is really an awesome conversation that you don't want to miss. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Learn how to successfully drive school change and help your diverse stakeholders establish priorities and improve practice in leading change. A certificate of school management and leadership course from Harvard. Leading Change runs from February 2nd to March 2nd, 2022. Apply by January 21st at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose virtual PD is equipping thousands of teachers with the skills they need to create engaging, equitable, and rigorous virtual or blended classes. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Hey there, Ruckus Makers. Today, I am joined by Stanley S. Littow, who's a professor of the practice at Duke University, where he also served as innovator in residence and also teaches at Columbia University. Stan previously served as deputy chancellor of schools for New York City, 
and as president of the IBM Foundation and vice president of corporate citizenship and corporate affairs at IBM. At IBM, he helped create Pathways in Technology Early College High School, PTEC, the innovative grade 9 to 14 school connecting school to college to career. He is also co-author of Breaking Barriers, How PTEC Schools Create a Pathway from High School to College to Career from Teachers College Press. Stan also serves as a trustee of the State University of New York, where he chairs the Academic Affairs Committee. Stan, welcome to the show. My pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, this is my pleasure. Believe me, when I've been digging into your work and uh, during our pre-chat, this is really, really a cool experience for us. Uh, I'd love for us to start, Stan, if you could bring us to the moment where you actually gathered, from what I understand, all the governors across the United States to get them in the same room to talk about education. So how did you pull that off? And, and what, was the, what was the topic that you discussed? Yes, this was back in 1996. And uh, the CEO of the IBM company, Lou Gerstner, was extremely interested in education and education reform. And he was uh, asked me, because uh, I was working for him, he had hired me to run the IBM Foundation and be in charge of corporate citizenship for the company, how could you possibly get the interest of the governors in a education reform agenda? I said, well, get on the agenda, the National Governors Association, outline the challenge that you'd like to make, invite them to spend 24 hours, host them at IBM. And my guess is if there's enough interest, we'll get at least half of the governors who would agree to participate. So he got on the agenda. He outlined the fact that, you know, education needed to improve. He thought at that point standards were one important part of the agenda to raise the bar, to increase the level of student achievement, and invited the CEOs of their state, the governors, to come to IBM, bring a CEO and an education leader with you for a 24-hour period. And actually, 47 of the 50 governors wound up showing up, and we spent 24 hours trying to get consensus on the fact that they supported the concept of higher education standards and a collaboration across the states. So that was how it happened. And by the way, we also invited President Clinton, who also uh, showed up. So talk to me, talk to me about dreaming that big, right? Because again, 47 of the 50 governors and President Clinton there I don't even know how to approach something like that. Well, I think it starts with the fact that, that education is a issue that ought to unite. I mean, I mm. think we're living in an age right now where it's become very divisive. But when you think about the quality of education, it basically connects to every issue that uh, it, 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 it directly connects to economic growth because students who graduate with a post-secondary degree and go into the workforce over their lifetime, earn 84% more than those with only a high school diploma. 
So what does that mean? It means more tax Mm -hmm. revenue. It means more highly skilled and qualified workers. So it benefits the bottom line for all Americans. It benefits profitability for all the businesses. It benefits government because it reduces the amount of money that you have to spend on social safety net kinds of programs. So education ought to unite everyone. It's not an issue that should divide people. It's an issue that should unite people. And while education is the responsibility of educators, it's actually all of our responsibility. Business leaders, civic leaders all have a responsibility to invest in and be a partner in the effort to improve education. And when we see our education results slipping as they have, especially for low-income students, students of color, it is something that creates an economic divide that is not good for our nation. Right. Well, I find it inspiring, you know, that vision that you cast and the fact that it's that it is a unifying message. It's all hands on deck. We all have a responsibility there. Plus, uh, I really appreciate just saying that it's essentially a win, win, win scenario that you were talking about. Right. For the students, for businesses, for the government, like that's an exceptional way to frame it. From what I understand, when you had the governors in the room, you challenged them, you gave them 24 hours to respond to the challenge. And can you talk about like how long it took for them to respond and what your results were? Uh, I would say that we walked out in 24 hours with a common agreement to a common statement. There were six CEOs and six governors who were the conveners of this Mm -hmm. effort. Uh, And while we were meeting and after and during breaks, we drafted that agreement People signed on to it. And then we walked out of the meeting 24 hours later with a common agreement. And the common agreement was that we needed to have higher education standards. There needed to be some consistency across the states. And business leaders, governors, education leaders all came to agreement before we walked out about the consensus about not just what to do, but how to do it. And in the room, you had the major teacher union leader. You had CEOs from every state, as I said. You had Republican governors, Democrat governors, president of the United States. And everybody was able to get agreement about a common next step. Mm. Maybe you need to run for president next then. That sounds (laughs) great, bringing everybody together. Tell me, Stan, how how is your P-TECH model an example of innovation in high school and college? Well, you know, uh, not many people know this, but it wasn't until the end of the Second World War that high school was really made mandatory. Before that point, it was a K-8 to school system in most states in the United States. And then as we moved out of the Second World War in the United States, high school became mandatory as part of a K through 12 education system. And with more young people getting a high school degree and getting a high school education, in in large measure, it fueled economic growth across the country. And in 2010, when we came up with the idea for PTEC, there were a number of concurrent crises that were taking place. Number one, The jobs that were being created that had middle income wages and higher 
required a post-secondary degree. While high school graduation rates had increased in virtually every state, college completion rates, especially for low-income young people and young people of color, had basically stagnated. So while low-wage jobs required a high school diploma or less, high-wage jobs required a post-secondary degree, the concept of a high school diploma did not equate to college readiness. So we had a confluence of crises situation. So the suggestion was, what could you come up with that would address this challenge and do things differently? And the idea was to change the model from grade 9 to 12 to grade 9 through 14, so that students would come in at grade 9, they would receive a high school diploma and a two-year associate's degree for free. It would be an associate's degree that would be linked directly to high-wage jobs, either computer science, electromechanical engineering, healthcare, you name it, cybersecurity. And the business collaborator or partner would promise mentors, paid internships, structured workplace visits, and then a guarantee that students who successfully completed would be first in line for jobs. The college collaborator or partner would pledge that as soon as students were college ready, they could take their college credit-bearing courses as early as the summer between grade 9 and 10. And the curriculum for grade 9 and 10 would be matched up. So it would be a scope and sequence of classes and courses directly connected to a college degree. And that would be the model that would be designed to significantly increase completion rates. And that entry into the program would not have a screen for admission. And that would mean that all students would be let in. No exam to get in, no review of your grades based upon grade eight. But given this opportunity and given these supports, the concept was that significantly larger numbers of students would complete. Opening the doors for more kids is what I'm hearing and removing the friction, the obstacles that potentially could be in their way. And then talk about an authentic and relevant experience that now instead of 9 through 12, it's through 14. They get that two-year degree. And like you said, in a, a access to a, a nicely paying job, like right out of the gate, what an absolute gift, which is probably why right after 10 years of, of P-TECH uh, putting this program through, it's my understanding it's in 266 schools worldwide. And I just want to ask Stan, like, how does that feel in... in you talked a bit about the secret to P-TECH success, but is there anything else you want to add to that? Well, I think the, what, what to add to it is that there are lots of examples of single school successes. And that's why I believe that the strategy for bringing it to scale and making it sustainable has to begin on day one. Many of the reforms in education, a lot of people believe, well, if you, if you created a model school and you did things innovative and different and it was successful, organically, it would just grow. But when we look back over the last 50 or 60 years, there's no examples of that. 
because there are, and you could go to every city in the United States, you could go to every state in the United States, and somebody could take you to a high-functioning school, whether it's an elementary, middle, or high school, and then it doesn't organically go to scale. So the strategy to innovate and then bring the innovation to scale has to be a conscious strategy. So even before the first door opened on Albany Avenue in a low-income neighborhood in Brooklyn to a population of 100% students of color in 2011 with the first P-TECH school, there was a conscious strategy to replicate this model. Number one, open door. Any student can get in. Why is that significant and important? Because if you screened for admission, people would say, well, of course it was successful. You cherry pick the right students and it can't work unless you do that. Number two, keep an open door for all the key stakeholders. Involve teachers, parents, community organizations, and others. Don't leave people out because if they're left out, then they will be opposition to it when you're trying to bring it to scale. While it may seem very seductive to raise private money and spend a lot more money, don't do that because then it will not go to scale because people will say, well, there's not enough money to do this for all schools. So the P-TECH example opened its doors and almost immediately based upon initial success, it was growing across cities and states across the United States and then countries outside the United States. As you pointed out, 10 years later, 28 countries have P-TECH schools. When President Obama visited the first P-TECH school in Brooklyn, he said he visited the classrooms and he got into the auditorium, gym, and spoke to all the students and said, this is an opportunity that should be given to every student in America. He featured it in his State of the Union address. And just this year, President Macron of France said virtually the same thing. This is an opportunity that should be given to every student in France. And that's why just recently they made a commitment to open 100 new P-TECH schools in France. So it is an opportunity that should be accorded for larger and larger numbers of young people. Wow. Well, you know, our our thing here at Better Leaders, Better Schools is about what I call making a ruckus in education, and that's innovating, right? And making positive change. And uh, I just want to honor you because you're obviously doing that, you know, and the fact that uh, you didn't cherry pick students, you know, you thought through some of the challenges and objections people may have that everybody had a voice at the table and that you're operating within the constraints of, uh, bureaucracy and budgets that people, oh, they had more money or whatever. Like, I really appreciate that. And the last thing I want to highlight for those on the call now and those listening to the podcast later is just the intentionality that this idea we want to scale. So you don't, you don't just hope that it scales or, you know, pray that organically it gets picked up, but you design that in the strategy. And I heard that come through um, quite nicely with what you shared. So uh, thank you for all of that, Stan. We're going to pause here just for a quick message from our sponsors. When we get back, though, I would love to ask you about Oscar. 
Learn how to successfully navigate change, shape your school's success, and lead your teams with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Get world-class Harvard faculty research specifically adapted for pre-K-12 schools. Self-paced online professional development that fits your schedule. Apply now at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. The BLBS podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Research shows that the more students speak in class, the more they learn and the better they perform on standardized tests. TeachFX has helped hundreds of schools increase their student engagement by visualizing for teachers what portions of class are teacher talk versus student talk. Get a 20% discount on TeachFX by using a special code just for the Ruckus Maker Nation. That's at teachfx.com slash BLBS. And our final sponsor is Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher through a parallel process with students helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. You can learn more and improve your students' executive functioning non-cognitive skills at organizedbinder.com. And we are back with Stan Litow, uh, professor over at Duke, the founder of this amazing idea called P-Tech Schools, which is what we were just digging into. And before the break, I said, I'd love to hear Oscar's story. So can you share that with us? Absolutely. Uh, You know, when the program began, uh, the idea, and we talked about this earlier, was that any student could be admitted, no matter how far behind they were in grade eight, no matter what their issues were. And one example in the Brooklyn school, Oscar Tendilla. Oscar was more than three years behind in both reading and math in grade eight barely thought he could finish high school. But given the opportunity that we talked about, given a mentor, given the opportunity for paid internships, given the idea of structured workplace visits to actually work with people as part of your education experience, learn the workplace skills that were important, almost immediately getting into grade nine, Oscar starts achieving at rates that nobody would have expected he could achieve at. And then he winds up completing the six-year program in three and a half years, not six. (laughs) It's a full scholarship to Cornell. And just this past uh, June, graduated with his bachelor's degree from Cornell. And by the way, Oscar wants to be an education reformer. And uh, the fact that he was a son of an immigrant, the fact that English was not his primary language, the fact that he was far behind in grade eight was not a barrier. P-Tech broke that barrier for Oscar. And in my book, Breaking Barriers, I tell Oscar's story because I think for some people, when you talk about policy change and innovation in education, it really comes home when you tell the story of individual students. So Mm -hmm. when you say it's an open door and no matter how far behind A student was in grade eight, they can achieve. But then when you embrace Oscar's story, it puts a face on it, a name on it, and people understand it. Now, it's interesting because uh, Oscar completed the school in Brooklyn, New York. 
But a young, another young man, Jose, went to the school in Longmont, Colorado. Jose also began, uh, he came to Colorado at age nine, not speaking a word of English from Mexico, uh, gets into the program also behind. And Oscar graduated in three and a half years. Jose graduated in four years. And he graduated with his college degree, high school diploma, and a full scholarship, not to Cornell, but to Harvard. And uh, Jose will go to Harvard next year. So the lesson is, it's not one geography. It could be any state. It could be an Oscar. It could be a Jose. All of the assumptions about who can achieve go out the window if you provide students with the right opportunity. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, it sounds like you've perfected a formula that set up the conditions where kids can really soar, you know, and so whether it's Oscar, whether it's Jose, and the fact that uh, from what I heard, so not only authentic and relevant in terms of the school experience, uh, it's personalized. So if they're ready to take these college classes or whatever, they had the opportunity to, which is why I assume Oscar or Jose were able to compact their experience from uh, what should have been six years to four or to three and a half. Am I following that correctly? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The students proceed at their own pace. The minute that they determine college readiness, they take usually an exam like the AccuPlacer or something like that, whatever exam the, the school district or the state uses to determine college readiness. And then the student can, through a dual enrollment model, high school classes and college classes together, proceed at whatever pace they need to proceed at to get their high school diploma and their community college degree. And then once both are in hand, then the student can take a job from an IBM or a Thomson Reuters or a Tesla or a Corning or any company that is the partner, and there are hundreds of them serving as collaborative partners with these P-TECH schools, and they can go into the workplace at an average starting salary north of $50,000 a year, or they can go on and get their four-year degree, as Oscar did or as many others did, or they can get their four-year degree while they're working, as lots of other young people did. Radcliffe Sadler, the young man who introduced President Obama when he came to the Brooklyn School, completed his bachelor's degree while working. And then they can go on if they choose to get a graduate degree, as many students do. Shudan Brown, a young African-American woman uh, in Brooklyn, is now pursuing her Ph.D. in computer science while working at IBM. So all of these stories, whether it's Radcliffe, Shudan, Jose, Oscar, you name it, they're examples that blow away all the myths of who can succeed. Now, the other thing that's important is not one of these students has had to take remedial courses. Now, that's interesting because last year, virtually uh, 70% of the students who graduate with a high school diploma who are low income and students of color wind up taking non-credit bearing remedial courses that last year cost about $12 billion. So while the students get this opportunity, and it doesn't cost more than any other school other than their college tuition cost. They wind up saving a huge amount of money. They wind up getting a college degree and going into the workplace, earning more, paying higher taxes. So this is not just win-win. 
It's win, 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 win. Yeah, it's it's the win trifecta times a gazillion. So this is fantastic. Uh, I can't encourage you know the ruckus maker community to pick up uh, breaking barriers enough. We'll have that linked up for you in the show notes. So you definitely want to check that work out. Stan, I love to ask my guests the same uh, two questions at the end of a show. And so the first one is, if you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for just a day, what would your message read? My message would be, every student can succeed. There needs to be a culture in the building that says every student can succeed. Don't make a judgment based upon a student's race, ethnicity, zip code, etc., about who can succeed. The first principal of the P-TECH school in Brooklyn, Rashid Davis, Rashid had a commitment that he wanted every teacher in the school to just believe that every student will succeed. Now, will 100% of the students succeed? No. Even though the college completion rates at P-TECH are 400% higher than the national average, that doesn't mean that every student will succeed, but believe every student will succeed. One of the things that Principal Davis did in the Brooklyn P-TECH school is that the minute that a student passed their test to be college ready, he put their picture up on the wall and said under their name, college ready. So Mm -hmm. as you walk through the hall, you see your picture, you see your friends' pictures, and the culture embedded in every class by every teacher is If you work hard, you can succeed and we will help you succeed. And that culture supports the excellence that we want for all of our students. Yeah. I mean, again, so inspirational. I can't imagine seeing your face there, college ready. Like if that isn't exciting to you as an educator, I don't know what's going to excite you. So very cool. Stan, if you could, well, I actually, you did this, but I'm still going to ask. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. So maybe I should say, how did you build your dream school? And what were your top three priorities? Well, the top priority was to take down the silo between school to college to career. Because what we found was school, high school in this case, ended and students were sent off And many of them were not ready and many of them didn't prepare uh, well enough to be able to be college ready. The high school diploma did not equate to college ready. So combine and take down the door and the silo between high school and college. Make it a concurrent experience. When students uh, begin their uh, P-TECH experience in grade nine, the principal gets up and says, you're in college. You're in college. You're, 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 you are not only in high school, you're in high school and college together. And then integrating career through the mentoring and the structured workplace visits and the paid internships, very important, a really opportunity to understand why am I learning how to problem solve? Why am I learning how to write? Why am I learning how to present? Because these are skills that will differentiate me in my career. So take down the silo between school to college to career, give the supports all the way along the way, and then school will be relevant 
college will be significant and a career opportunity will be not just possible, but something that can be easily realized. And, and that is, in my view, what we were trying to accomplish with P-TECH. And whether you attend the P-TECH school in Newburgh, New York, or Norwalk, Connecticut, or Baltimore, Maryland, or Longmont, Colorado, or France, or Japan, or Taiwan, wherever it is, those common elements go across every geography. So there's actually no barrier to going from 266 schools to 366, 566, 966. We can do what President Macron of France or President Obama in the United States said. We can make this opportunity available to any student. Brilliant. Well, Stan, thank you so much for being my guest here on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? I want people to remember that education is connected to our stable opportunity and a real economic future for all Americans. If we got behind PTEC and those college completion rates, 400% higher than the national average, were generalizable, across the United States, we would create economic value that, that the nation would be able to live wealthy and healthy on for decades and decades to come. This is not a responsibility of teachers or principals alone. This is not the responsibility of parents alone. This is all of our responsibility. And we can, in fact, make it happen. And we can end the economic divide, we can end the cultural divide, and we can provide real opportunity for all. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.